Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. It was a great time last week, and again, we want to continue our series, Surprise the World, thanks to Glory, who decorated the table. She did an amazing job, and you're going to see as we go through this that the tables are very specific in what we are trying to do. You know, it's actually warm in here, isn't it? I almost feel like clapping, but we're sweating, Um, so... We just need to press that button back there. One of these people who have technical, it's, I know, just press that black button. There it goes. All right. In 10 minutes, do not complain that it's freezing. All right. We started it. Hey, but maybe that's the way to do it. Just don't do anything until 11 o'clock. Okay. We're continuing our series, Surprise the World. And remember, what we are trying to do here is develop habits. This isn't something we just do for one week. This is a practice that we want to continue doing until it becomes something that we actually do regularly. We talked about blessing three people this week. That was our first one, at least one who does not, is not a member of the church. Last week, it was eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of your church. How did it go last week for you guys? good anything happened that was kind of cool anything how many of you actually did eat with three people don't lie if you didn't right and how many ate with someone who was not a member of the church cool very cool this one i don't know why i finished it like tuesday i was done where the blessing one i didn't finish that one until saturday i was a little panicked right but this one it actually Seemed like the blessings got done by Thursday or by Tuesday and the eating was done by Tuesday. And then I kept going. I did more than three. I just ate a lot this week. And that's always a good thing, right? But it, it is something that actually I found I was doing some things that I did the first week and it was kind of becoming normal. I just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I was just mindful of it. And so I started actually practicing these things. Remember, this isn't something that we just did for two weeks. It's going to continue every week. Don't trip out. If you only eat with two people, hey, two is better than none, right? We're trying to, to develop habits. And they're calling them missional habits. Habits. I'm not crazy about the word mission. As I told you last week, you know, ministry isn't something that we have to call. This is what we do, ministry. We should just call it Tuesday because that's what we do it, right? We do it every day that we do things. It's ministry. It's just common. And the same thing with mission. It's not like we have to be on mission. We just have to be living intentional lives as Christ wants us to live. And so this week we're going to be talking about 
listen. I will spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. I'm going to be talking to you about transistor radios, sleeping babies, crate training dogs, and the game tic-tac-toe. How does a habit of listening help us with blessing and eating with people? What does this have to do with a, a missional habit? What does this have to do with us being on this focus of reaching out to people with our lives? Years ago, I have this picture of my grandfather sitting in the kitchen listening to a Dodger game on an old transistor radio. Vince Scully was on the radio, of course. And the radio, I actually have this radio. It was one of the keepsakes I had in my garage. And it's just this little brown leather case radio with an antenna on it. And to dial in, you would actually have a dial. It wasn't digital. You'd have to turn the knob and the little line would go across, right? And you'd hear, and then you'd hear all these different stations. But to hear the station you wanted to, and this was just an AM radio, to hear the station you wanted, you had to get into that frequency, dial it in so that you could actually hear what was taking place. And when we talk about listening to the spirit, many times we have that kind of picture. It's like I, I've got to dial it in because there is so much going on around us that if I don't spend the time and focus and pay attention, it, it just gets too confusing. I hear too many voices and there's too much going on. I can always tell when my grandson wakes up in the morning because there's a little rhinoceros running through the house, right? He, he doesn't get up like me and need a cup of coffee before I can even talk to you. He gets up running, right? And so I, I can be sitting in this morning. I was sitting and I was at the computer kind of putting things together. And I sure enough, I hear that's him. He's up. Right? He's up and running. And so immediately I smile because I love that sound, right? There's a little rhinoceros running around in our house and, and he's just going on. But really it's a distraction. It's a pleasant one. I accept it right now. But as I'm sitting there focused thinking and I hear, doo, 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 immediately my mind goes somewhere else. And that's what happens to us many times. We have to dial in this place so that we can actually hear the Spirit's voice. How do we know when we're trying to bless someone who we should bless, when we're going to eat with someone who we should eat with, or what conversation we should have while we're having this time with these people? How do I know what to say, when to say something, what not to say, how to be sensitive, right? We're not trying to sell people Jesus. We're trying to engage in life with people and bring life in that conversation. But sometimes we're at a loss of what to say or who I should talk to or bless. I want to bless someone. Who should it be? I, I, I don't have the means to bless everybody. I mean, I could say hello, but how do I know? And it comes by listening to the Spirit. How, how do I know when to be silent? Because someone is going through something and what they need is just a listening ear, not talking mouth. How do I know when I should be bold and actually talk to someone? Ben reminded 
me yesterday when we were at lunch after the men's conference of a conversation that we had when years ago and something that I said. I'm not going to say what I said to him. But I was bold. He said something about, well, I'm the man of the house and, you know, they got to follow what I said. And I, I called him on it. And I, gave, I was bold in my words. Um, don't, don't tell. <laughs> Sometimes you got to be bold. Sometimes you have to be confrontational with the situation. And sometimes you have to be sympathetic in a situation. How do you know what's going on? And that's where listening and being led by the Spirit is so important. There are two things that we have to be careful of, two sins that he calls it in the book, uh, that can keep us from stepping into really any of these habits. One of them is fear, and the other is laziness, right? Fear paralyzes us. I've said this before. Fear makes our world smaller. When you're afraid of something, your world becomes smaller. If you're afraid of heights, you don't go up on ladders or in tree houses. If you're afraid of crowds, you stay more isolated. And so fear makes boundaries for us because we don't want to cross those things. Well, the same thing happens to us in our communication with people. You know, what are things that you could be afraid of talking to someone? What are some things that come to mind? Why would you be afraid to have a conversation or to try and bless someone in some way and go up to someone? What are some things that might cause you to be afraid? I might say the wrong thing. Might be, a, I don't want to offend someone. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Right? Yes. Okay, yeah. You're, you're not knowing where they're at, how to communicate clearly to them. Right? Maybe you don't know how to answer what questions they might have. What if they ask me about the theory of relativity or something? I don't know. You know, I, I won't know how to respond to that. I won't know the right thing. They'll ask me a question about God and science, and I'm not a scientist, and I won't be able to answer that, and I don't know what to say in certain things. It might be ridiculed. They might say something to, to ridicule me, and I'll be put off in these things. And so there are a lot of things that fear does, and we, we cannot move forward because we're afraid of what might happen. And here's the important word, might, right? It's not necessarily going to happen we're worried about something that isn't even a reality yet and that's what much of fear is i'm afraid something might happen you don't know if it will or not and so you've got this impending doom mentality of what might happen if i step out if i go to this situation and so fear paralyzes us and so what we end up doing is nothing because i'm afraid of what could happen if i do something And you see, fear is one of those things that will kill the drive to reach people because we're afraid. The other thing is laziness. And I don't mean sitting on the couch, you know, eating Doritos, watching soccer. Not that that's a problem. I'm talking about a laziness that... We don't want to engage and put ourselves out, that it's too much work, it's too much bother to offer help, to put time. You know, 
a lot of times there can be a, well, I, I just need me time, right? I need to take care of myself. I need a day off, which might be true, but then that becomes more than one day off. I need, a, I need time every evening now. And pretty soon the idea of reaching out to someone becomes a, a labor, it becomes a burden, you know, and what we do is we want to follow the path of least resistance. I want an easy life. And engaging with someone isn't necessarily easy. But I want to tell you that it most likely is rewarding. And so just like doing work is difficult, it can be difficult doing these things, but sometimes the result is actually rewarding. We just put up some lattice work in our yard on our fence. And it was a lot of work because we had to measure the fence and we had to nail this down into the concrete block and then we had to put the lattice and we did it wrong. And that means we had to do it twice, right? It's like one of these things. But now it's up and it looks great. But it was work. Sometimes laziness, just I don't want to reach out. I don't want to extend my life beyond my comfort zone. And so we don't. And these are the two things that will kill the missional attitude that we want. If I'm going to extend myself towards others, I have to lean into it. I have to be willing to do that. There's this other attitude that happens that I hear a lot. If God wants it to happen, it'll happen. I cringe when I hear that. If God wants it to happen, make it happen. That's the whole point of following Christ. What if Jesus said, well, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. I'm going to go walk the Sea of Galilee, literally. You know, what, what if there was that kind of attitude that says, I'm not going to step into that? No, if, if God wants it to happen, then it's our responsibility to make it happen. And so we can't put off these kinds of excuses. That's actually laziness. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, it says, But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge or fulfill all the duties of your ministry. In other words, do the work. Do what you're supposed to do. Be active, be involved, which means you can't give in to fear because when he talks about in all situations, endure hardship. They were enduring hardship. You could be afraid. It's going to be difficult. I'm going to be persecuted. They leaned into it and the church grew because of it. Do the work. It's important that we take the effort and do these kinds of things, right? It takes effort, but to bless and eat with people, you have to spend that time. And then we need to learn how to let the Spirit prompt us, not only on what to say, but how to say it, how to communicate. If you're an extrovert, then the idea of blessing and eating with people was like, oh boy, you probably giggled when I said that, right? You, you were giggling with glee, like, oh, I love that. And then some of us who are introverts, and I am introverted, I know you don't know it by me standing up here and acting silly, but some of us is like, ah, oh, that's difficult. I can meet with the people I know and I'm comfortable with, but getting outside of that takes a lot for some of us. Well, this for some of you extroverts will be the same thing, but in reverse. And so I feel, ha ha ha, get you, right? Right? 
For those of you who are extroverts and like, oh, I love meeting with people. I love eating with people. I do it all the time. And then we say, I want you to take a specific time aside every week and be alone and listen to God. You get nervous and you wonder, oh my gosh, how do you do that? I can't do that. I'm, I, I got to get things done. We live in a culture, even a Christian culture, where it's all about doing, doing. We got to put activities on. We got to do something. And we don't take the time to stop and listen. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, let him who cannot be alone be aware of community. He will only do harm himself and to himself and that community. You see, if you have a hard time being alone, it means you need community. And if you need community, then it can lead you to using community to meet your needs. You're here for me. And now we have to take time. If we can be alone, how can I be here for you? Right? Instead of, I just need to be a part of this. It makes me feel good when I'm with a group of people. Yeah, because I'm getting fed something. But when I'm alone, then I have time to think of what can I give to the people that are here? See, practicing generosity, hospitality, hospitality must be born from the solitude. It must be given birth in that time when you're alone and when you're listening and the Spirit brings a person's name to mind or a face or a situation. And now you say, oh, I'm going to call them and eat with them this week. I'm going to do this because God has put that in my heart. The danger of not spending time listening is that we will do work that becomes busy work instead of caring work. Oh, I got to meet with three people. And then pretty soon you're meeting with someone, I'm blessing them. Oh yeah, we're going to eat. I'm doing, I'm fulfilling a job. But when it's born out of inspiration and God puts someone on your heart and you call them and say, hey, let's get together for lunch. And then you sit and meet with them. It's a totally different interaction. One is I'm doing a work. The other is I am caring before the work takes place. And we need to nurture that. There's nothing better than holding a quiet, sleeping baby. Right? When they're asleep in your arms and you're holding them, oh, I could just live there. I remember when my kids are small and I remember when my grandson was small and those times holding him and he's warm and he's a little sweaty and you're getting a little sweaty, you know, on your shoulder and it's like, oh, it's the best thing and you move and there's a big wet spot on your shirt from where the baby's head was. But it's just a nurturing time. It's a calming time. It's a time where it actually feeds you in a very quiet way. We need to see... This generosity, this blessing, this hospitality of eating in a similar way, it will refresh us and help us to maintain the work that we're doing. Now, at this time, I'm going to have you guys go to the tables. We've got eight tables. Each of them has six chairs. I believe that's enough for everybody here. If not, you can add more chairs to it. Try and go to a table with some people you don't usually get together with. The whole idea, watch out, your glasses fell on. Um, get together with the table, with some people maybe you don't normally meet with. Close your eyes and walk to a table. That'll be a great way. Walk on some chairs or something. Meet with some people, someone different. Good job, guys. I see. 
Now, I know it got cold in here, didn't it? All of a sudden it got cold. We'll turn it on later. It was hot. I'm telling you, it was hot. We're doing all we can. So one of the things that we need to do if we are going to develop a habit of listening to the Spirit of God is we need to designate time. If I do not have something in my calendar on my phone, it does not exist in my life, right? It it does not come to mind. If I don't write it in my calendar, and that's why if you tell me, hey, Sam, can we meet this? You better see me put it in my phone because there's a good chance I'll forget. That's just how things are in my life. And so designating a time is important. We don't try to connect to God on the run, right? We're not trying to have a conversation with God while we're doing something else. Let's set aside designated time each week. We're starting with just one. This is once a week. Put it on your calendar and make it a priority. Now, already your wheels are turning, and so I have a question to ask, and I want you guys to talk just for a couple minutes among yourself, and that is, What time of the week do you think would work best for you? Is it Monday? Is it Saturday? Is it in the morning? And why? Go ahead. Just a couple of minutes. Give each of you time to jump in. What time of the week works best for you once a week? Let's say about 20 minutes. Remember, we're trying to find a time that we're not distracted which means driving probably isn't a good time. At the gym probably isn't a good time. Minimize distraction. Just a little bit more time. This one shouldn't take too long. So you guys coming up with different times? One day a week. One day a week. About 20 minutes. What day, what time is that best for you? Who's got a day and time? Any day? Every day. Every day. Well, we're picking out one, so in the morning. Why in the morning? So you're the only one awake. Everyone's asleep still. Anyone else have a time? A day or time? Precious? Friday in the morning? Why Friday? Okay, so Friday's your day off. That's the time you can do it. Anyone else have it on their day off? Yeah? Eileen, what do you have? <laughs> I know you. <laughs> That's your free time. Okay. So, again, putting in the work, a designated time. For me, it's Monday morning. Now, here's the rub with me. Monday right now is my only day off. I am scheduling no lessons on Monday, and I always end up having things to do. Like I think tomorrow we're supposed to clean the garage, and I have some other things I got to do. But that means it's my only day to sleep in. That means if I'm going to spend alone time and quiet time, I got to sacrifice my sleep in time to be time that gets... See, that's part of the work. Right? That's part of the labor. So having that time. Again, the why is because it allows me the time to be quiet, right? Not be distracted. See, I think a lot when I'm driving, but I also have to be thinking. At least I hope, right? Oh no, here comes a car. Oh no, I got to get off here. Oh, there's traffic. Whatever it is. 
I need time where all those things get put aside. Now, the other thing we need to do is eliminate distractions. When I am training dogs, and many times I suggest, actually all the time I suggest crate training a dog, putting a dog in a crate. And the reason we put a dog in a crate isn't because we want to put them in jail, as some people feel. The whole idea of a crate is that it limits the dog's thinking. When a dog is in a crate, they do not think or worry about the mailman because they can't get to the door or the window or the gate. And so what the crate does in the dog's mind is it helps limit him mentally from going to all these different places. It stops those distractions from taking over the dog's mind. If a dog's pacing back and forth, people say, oh, I've got a great backyard. The dog can be in the yard all day. And the dog's going back and forth because behind the fence there's a pathway where the kids get out of school and they walk and the dog's just barking all day long, going back and forth. I would rather the dog was in a confined space for eight hours than pacing back and forth because he is spiking his mind with the adrenaline and he needs to relax. We need the same thing. Sometimes we'll even put a a blanket or a sheet over the crate to stop the visual stimulation to limit those kinds of things. Be aware of your senses. When you take this time, be aware of the things that you feel, you touch, the sights, the smells. If I smell bacon in the morning, I will not be focused. Right? I will be thinking about eating. The things that we're tasting, the sounds, music, people, your phone. Turn your phone off so you don't get that text that you're getting a package from Amazon today. (laughs) We can easily be distracted to what's happening around us and not focus on what the Spirit is saying inside of us. Jesus said, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Genesis 24, 63, Isaac went out to the field one evening to meditate. Peter in Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius was coming because he had a vision to come meet with Peter, Peter went on the rooftop to pray and that's when Peter heard from God that he was to meet with Cornelius and go to his house. You see, these things happened when they set time aside, when they were by themselves, and it allowed God to do the work within them. Be comfortable in, in a chair. Your posture matters. If you're laying down, again, you're probably gonna go to sleep if you're like me. Sitting up somewhere. Maybe put your sit on your hands so you don't fidget. It helps me when I put my palms up just on my legs. I feel a little bit more open. It's just how I feel when those things are happening. If all possible, be prepared to sit for 20 minutes or more. Something often happens in the stillness around 10 or 15 minutes when you're just by yourself. In other words, the first few minutes... We are struggling, thinking, we're going through these things, and we'll talk about that in a second. But then after that 10, 15 minutes, we actually are still enough and able to hear like we didn't hear before. And so it's important. When you have 
eliminated the distractions, then you're ready to listen. Then you're able to listen. I have to do this and be mindful of this even when I have conversations with my wife. Am I listening or am I watching the game? Am I listening or am I checking something on my phone? And I mean, we can have conversation like that, but if she says something important and I know it's important, I better put the phone down. I better make eye contact. I better pay attention. If I'm spending 20 minutes to talk to God, I better put the phone down. I better set the time aside. I better pay attention. Why? Because I want to hear. I want to hear what's going on. And then we need to let God in, right? We don't start this conversation by telling God things or asking God things. Right? We're, we're trying to hear from the Spirit, so let's still ourselves. Now, take that time and say, I'm not here to ask God anything. Oh, God, help my kids or help so-and-so. They're in the hospital. Right? Those are great things, and you can pray. This isn't a time for prayer requests. This is a time to be still and hear so that later on you will be able to do whatever God would put on our hearts to do. Don't be discouraged. Many times when you are alone and you are still, you will be amazed at how many things come to mind that you are not qualified to be here before God. I am not good enough. Oh man, I blew it this week. I did whatever it is. And all these thoughts come to your mind of why you cannot be in this conversation with God. You are not able to sit before God. There is an awareness that comes into our our beings when we are still and we are hearing. Do not be discouraged. Know that God wants to talk to you more than you want to be there. That he is waiting for this time that he will cherish it no matter what is going on. He wants this time with you. So don't be discouraged. Remember, God loves you. He wants to spend that time with you. If you are an anxious person like me, you will wonder, what's the point of this? I should just go out and do whatever I'm thinking God wants me to do, right? I just need to get busy. And we lose the whole point of centering ourselves on God. We have to be still. And that's what we want to do is center ourselves on God. Maybe even centering a a prayer. You see... This isn't, we want to empty our minds and think of nothing. I don't, I can't think of nothing. I'm thinking about thinking of nothing, right? I I automatically think of something when I try to think about nothing. And so don't be so controlling. You can think about a lot of things. Think about it and then let it go. Think about it, let it go. Don't focus on those things. Center on something else. Maybe use a scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. And just pray that silently over and over again. Luke 18, 13. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And just pray that slowly over and over again. It's not a mantra, right? We're we're not giving in to some kind of repetitive prayer What you're doing is centering your thoughts on God. 
having a scripture that you just get to rehearse over and over. Remember, centering on prayer is different than, again, the Eastern meditation, which is attempting to empty our minds, pushing things away. This prayer practice is actually not resisting thoughts, but just centering our thoughts on something. Most of us can't stop thinking. Our minds are constantly racing, and if we make a attempt at thinking of nothing, we just get frustrated. We want to center our thoughts on something. And you'll find your thoughts start slowing down when you're thinking, oh, I wonder what the score of the game is. Okay, I've got to keep my... Seek first the kingdom of God. Oh, I've got to remember, I've got to get to Home Depot. Seek first the kingdom of God. And pretty soon those thoughts stop interrupting you as often. And as time goes by, pretty soon you are actually centered and focused. Listening to the Holy Spirit can become for you a source of comfort, a source of peace, a source of answers to present problems. Listening to God can be one of the most valuable forms of prayer. So I want to ask you a question. Is there a scripture? What scripture comes to mind that you might pray? If there's a favorite scripture, share with each other. What scripture comes to mind that you might pray? Or is there a thought that you want to pray about God that helps you to center your thoughts? See, this is where we have to be intentional and pick something that we start with. It can change and it can grow. But is there a passage of scripture maybe that you like and would like to pray in this time to help center your thoughts? Ooh, got real quiet here. This is, this is a tough one. Well, let me ask you this, too, as you guys are contemplating. How does the idea of spending 20 minutes and doing nothing but waiting and listening make you feel? Is it awkward? Okay. That's a cool one. Keep these in mind so we can share them. I'll share them in a little bit. Talk with each other about them right now. So what has come up? Have you guys gotten something? This table here, is there a thought or a scripture that came to mind that you guys had? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Okay. That's a beautiful one, right? I mean, how many of us heard that scripture, know that scripture, right? I know the thoughts I have of you, says the Lord. Thoughts to prosper you, to give you future and a hope. Right? Beautiful. What else? This table over here in the corner. Yes. Okay, beautiful, right? Beautiful proverb. Something so now when you're taking time to pray, you just keep recentering your life on that prayer as you're spending 20 minutes focusing. Proverbs 3, I think it's 4 and 5. Yes, Kirk. Be anxious for nothing. Okay. Beautiful scripture. Now remember, what we want to do is memorize these so we're not reading them, which is a great way too to memorize scripture. And that way you're just holding that in your thoughts and you're just praying that over and over slowly. And then time might come where you stop praying that and you're able to be still. What about this table? Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a favorite. This one, Dave, which one did you have? I had a kind of combination. Combination? 
He sings over me and he brings me perfect peace. Beautiful, right? Now, are you guys getting fed even as you're hearing some of these? You're thinking, oh, I love that, right? I love that scripture. You guys? Okay. Be still and know that I am God. I think it's in Isaiah, but I don't, don't quote me on it. Okay. Family table over here. <laughs> so these scriptures that mean something to you, or maybe you heard one and say, oh, I like that one. You can take that. Or something might come up that week. You might hear one and say, oh, I really love that scripture. Memorize it. Put it into practice. That spending 20 minutes of time that might seem like an anxious event and might seem like a a useless event starts to become one of the most important events in your life as you do center your thoughts on these things. You know, we live in a time where we're so polarized in how we think. There's a right and there's a wrong. Very dualistic thinking. It happens in politics. It happens in religion. It happens just in so many spheres of life. It's like tic-tac-toe. You can either be an X or you can be an O, right? And we have this kind of mentality. And as we're praying, the Spirit might bring to mind, again, a situation or a person. He might prompt you to engage in a conversation or to go and meet with somebody and to do something that you feel like, I feel God is pushing me towards these things to do. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the spirits desire. When it says the flesh, it's not talking about this, everything that is of the flesh is bad and everything of the spirit is good. It's not this tic-tac-toe dualistic kind of thinking. This is about our worldview that we let shape the way we live. If we believe that God is real, then we will make time and allow him to speak and direct our lives and be still and still be able to enjoy the things of the world like pizza and coffee craft beer without it becoming a problem. And so instead of trying to find out, okay, this is okay, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, sometimes we are going to be engaged in things where we have to dance this line. You know, the first Tuesday of every month I go to a club in Pomona, not just by myself, but with some friends. It's called Intention. Friends of mine put on, uh, Brian, many of you guys know, he puts on an event the first Tuesday of every month. And there's a bar there and there's people there who aren't, uh, you know, Christian who are performing. But it's a place that I go there with intention to meet people, to be a part of what Brian is doing, to eat, you know, enjoy the time there and interact with different people. Now, some people can think, you're going to a bar, you're going to a club, you're a Christian. That's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing if I'm not in a bad place, right? Jesus met with people like that. We talked about that last week. And so we want to get away from the dualistic thinking that says, I cannot do these things because they're just wrong for no reason's sake course there's some things that are wrong right we're not, I'm, I'm, i trust everyone knows these things but there are areas or conversations you might step into that you normally would not have because 
you felt like, well, if I go to this place, I'm compromising your faith. Do you have to compromise your faith? Can you go to that place and not compromise your faith? Last week we talked about the Baptist power who went to poker margarita night. Remember? He did that. He didn't partake of margaritas, but he sat and had conversations with the people like he had never had before. If he worried so much about whether he should go to poker margarita night at his friend's house, he never would have had those conversations. By him trying to be that upright pastor, it might have actually limited those conversations. And the difficulty for many people trying to you know, be missional and living is negotiating the difference between where do we draw judgment on one hand and where do we enter fully into a social setting on the other hand that might be considered a little bit unholy or ungodly. And what we want to do is not go to these extremes. And so some of the extremes that Mike put there is, you know, drunkenness. That'd be extreme. I, Guys, don't go get drunk, okay? There, you heard it. Not just because it's a sin. It's just stupid, okay? Just don't be stupid. I think if we say that, answers most of our problems. But the other side of it, the withdrawal side, is judgmentalism. We judge everyone who drinks anything, right? We see a person drinking, and it's like, oh, that person is drunk. No, they're not. They're just having a beer. It doesn't mean they're drunk. Is there a place you can fit somewhere in between? Gossip. Boy, could I go on about this, right? I, I've seen more gossip in churches than just about anywhere. Don't gossip. The extreme is Phariseeism. We're better than you. Don't give in to gluttony. Again, indulge, not just in food. It can be indulging in anything beyond or in excess. And the withdrawal is pietism. I stay away from everything. Find a place that you can live in between these areas when necessary. Don't be afraid to take what God is prompting on your heart to the places that God is prompting you to go to. Otherwise, you are going to limit your availability and accessibility to those things. And that's why we need the Spirit's guidance. That's why we need to listen. You see, I love the little you know, feathers on the table and the dove. It's because the spirit moves and, and it's like the wind catches it and pushes us where he wants us to go. We are movable, right? There's not a brick on your table. There's a feather. Why? Because God is gentle and how he leads, and how he moves. And I encourage you to read the things that are on there that Glory put there. They're beautiful. Again, they go right along with all the things that we're talking about. And and as we become more familiar with listening to the Spirit, there becomes kind of a rhythm of our lives. And as we do this every week, pretty soon, we are blessing the people that we are going to be most effective in blessing. We are eating with the people that we're going to have the deepest conversation with. Why? Because we are listening to the Spirit and He is guiding us into all these different areas. And so it might be a good idea. I know our schedules are different, but to set this time aside so that when we hear the Spirit, we have that time 
to actually do it. Monday works good for me. I know Friday works good for some of you. But we want to be available to have the encounter with our neighbors, with the friends, to bless and share a meal with the people around us, and to have the most effect, we have to be able to hear what the Spirit is leading us to do. Let's pray. Lord, I do want to break out of my busy mentality and give you time to speak into my life. Lord, I know you do speak. I know you do minister to us, but I know it could be more. And so I pray, Lord, that we as a community will make this a habit, just as we're making habits to bless people, just as we're making habits to eat with people. We will make a habit once a week to be still and to listen and to allow you to lead and guide us. Lord, I pray that next week we come back with refreshed stories of how you spoke to us, Lord, that we have made place for you to be God and you've shown up big. And I pray you would do that in everybody's life here. We do pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's stand together there at your table. May you do the work of spending time listening to God this week. And may he reward your efforts for his presence. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Can't wait to meet with you guys again next Sunday. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.